Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And for the second week in a row, I have my friend Stan Tyra with us. And I won't go into all of his bio as, because most of you heard that last week. And if you didn't, go back and listen because a very interesting discussion last week. Stan's had a great career. And one of the things that we have in common is we both got so excited after being in a, I'll use my words, not his, but in being in sort of a, a dead religious system, we got so excited when we found out there was real life and that uh, uh, God is really good and God really loves us all. And we wanted to share that with our friends. We were pastors. We started telling that to folks at our church and thinking they would be so excited and uh, they weren't. And uh, Stan, welcome back. Would you uh, be be so kind as to tell people, not saying our sad stories, but for the purpose of encouraging people who are new to understanding how good God really is, how he loves them and everyone, and maybe some of their friends and family are resistant to that. Tell us your experience, what you've learned through that, and how you help people now who are going through that. Well, absolutely. I would encourage everyone to be very patient with yourself. Jesus told the disciples, he said, don't tell anyone about what you just saw. And uh, for a long time, I didn't understand. I was like, why would he not want to? Well, I know now. Why? Because our tendency is that as soon as we see something, we want to become the prophet of that. And the ego starts to get involved, and we want to tell everybody uh, what we've seen, and we wanted to encourage them to see what we see. And we want to, whether we admit it or not, pretty often we want to take credit for what we have seen. And what I've discovered, friends, is this, that the moment you define a new experience with God in old language, you lock it into a pre-existing awareness. In other words, when we see something, encounter something that's so new, and is beyond understanding. Remember, the Holy Spirit says he, that he wants to deal with this beyond what we can think or ask. Yeah. Well, we don't like that realm because that's the realm of mystery. We want to stay in that place where we know, fully understand, and communicate. Yeah. But the moment you see something you don't understand, you don't have an answer for it, there's no conclusion you can make, I would encourage you to not try to put words to that let that incubate, like Mary with Jesus. If you will be willing to carry the manifestation as long as necessary before you birth the manifestation, then you will have a manifestation that other people will come find. You won't have to go looking for them, and everyone will come. Now, the rejection part, when you're carrying a new manifestation of God, and we all do that. 
at one time or another. And I'm so thankful, Paul, that there are Josephs who will find us and come alongside of us. If, uh, sometimes I like to think I'm a Joseph. Because if I find somebody carrying a manifestation, they don't have a clue how they got. Mm. Then I love to come alongside and know that I, that you won't be put away while you carry that manifestation. Because I've already heard, like Joseph did, I've already heard a confirmation that you're carrying something that's going to be an incredible manifestation of Christ. And so I love to just come alongside and journey with you in that journey. But listen, every one of us eventually shows up at the end that there's no room for you at. Now, that end is the end of familiarity. It's the first place you would normally think to go. Now, think about the story of Mary and Joseph. They went to the place that made perfect sense, and that's what we tend to do. Uh, we want to go to our friends. We want to go to our church. We want to go to our pastor. <laughs> we want to do all of these things because those are the most natural things to do. But listen, when you're carrying a manifestation that others don't understand, including you, there will be no room for you in that place that you're familiar with. Now, what that's going to do is make you feel incredible rejection, even more uncertainty that you're already feeling. But let me tell you, God has already prepared a place for you, and it will be in the most unexpected place you could ever imagine. But you will birth the manifestation that you've been so faithful to carry. So trust that journey and pay attention to the Josephs who show up to shepherd you and encourage you and journey with you in that process. And it happens to every single person. Even Jesus felt forsaken. He felt rejected. He felt all of those things. Now, Paul, one more thing I'd like to say about that is that the reason this is so necessary is because we, we have to somehow die to our own agenda, to our own ministry, so to speak. That's the only thing that will push us so far away from all that we've ever known that then we begin to see and hear what we've never saw and heard. In suffering, we don't learn much in success. We learn a whole lot in failure, <laughs> trust me. And every one of you knows exactly what I'm talking about. We learn a lot in failure. So we have to come to that place of perceived failure, real failure, suffering, rejection, all of those things. But they're necessary to birth to Christ. And then you'll birth a manifestation of Christ that won't be your possession. It'll be your gift to the world. Wow. Mind if I uh, learn that word for word and uh, make it my my ministry statement? <laughs> that was really Absolutely good. <laughs> <not>. I don't <laughs> know that. Gosh, that, oh, that was uh, uh, no room at the end of familiarity. Uh, what a great uh, phrase <clears throat> that is. I, I, I love what you said about uh, Mary and, and Joseph and that old, boy, that's a that's just a wonderful way to look at that, a wonderful analogy. And gosh, when, when I think of uh, the rejection that we've had, guess the rejection that, that she must have had to begin with, you know, not being married and uh, and then with 
Joseph too, and uh, and all of that, and then of course Jesus' rejection. We've got some pretty good examples who've gone before us. What I've found is in our situation, I mean, we had a nice little church, about 250 people. It, you know, it grew from a dozen to that over a few years. And we had a, a really good medical ministry uh, for homeless people, people with no uh, insurance. And it's still going. I, I haven't been involved in it for several years. And when I started, when I first started uh, comprehending grace, which was about 11 years ago, boy, I preached that church down to about 125 over the course of of a short period of time. And then when I then got the revelation that God's unconditional love and grace was for everyone and everybody was included, it was like, wow, where did they go? I know the hurts from that. I I know the rejection. Unfortunately, I've come to realize that some of those people, they're not bad people at all. They're not the enemy. But I I found that some of them, friendship to them was based on the fact that we believed the same thing. And when we no longer believed the same thing, then there was no reason in their minds for us to be friends. And what I've really appreciated is the people who left during those times but we've stayed friends, you know, and we can still go out to dinner. We still have a drink together. We can still go to a ball game or a concert or uh, whatever, or see them walking downtown and, uh, uh, you know, stop and go and have a cup of coffee or something. And the friendship still be there. And then over the course of time, I found in many situations, people come back and said, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I'm sorry that we left. I'm sorry that the things that we said. Uh, and what I've come to see now is uh, several of those people are now either in other churches or in small groups or in a, a sphere of influence where they're now sharing the unconditional love and grace of Christ with other people. And, you know, we were part of the people who uh, helped them along that journey. So God uses it all for good. He does. He does. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not our responsibility to convince anyone of anything. Our responsibility is to love people as we've been loved. And I tell you, it's only the people. And the Scripture clearly says this. It's been forgiven much that are able to love much. Yeah. And so it's knowing compassion at a time you don't deserve compassion, but you need it. Yeah. It's knowing forgiveness when you don't deserve it, but you get it anyway. Those are radical moments of transformation that then allow you to give that away. Because our tendency, until we are crucified, so to speak, using the biblical language, until we die to that self that's got much to protect and control and defend, until we die to that, then we will always project our pain rather than hold it and forgive it, as Jesus did for the cross. And so, you know, you'll know that you are in a great place of transformation when you no longer feel the propensity to project pain. You're willing to hold it and forgive it as ignorance, not as a personal attack. Yeah, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And uh, uh, what an example uh, (laughs) Jesus was at the cross, of course, and in everything that he did. And now as he does it, you know, I used to say he does it through me and in me. And and now I've come to understand that uh, he does it as me. And when I get out of the way and let go of my agenda and those things and, and just listen to him and let him say and do what he wants. Uh, Well, that's when good things really start to happen, isn't it? It is. We've pretended to be perfect for so long that we've hidden our woundedness 
And there's a lot of Thomases in the world who need to see divinity in a wounded state. They need to be able to touch your woundedness. Now, for too long, we've hidden that. We want to make it available because we thought it was weak or failure or whatever. But there are people like Thomas in the Bible, and boy, this is this has been a huge part of my life, is allowing people to touch my woundedness while still realizing my divinity. And that creates a powerful encounter for people uh, because it removes the facade, it removes the pretense and all the things that we've created in this image we've created and constructed. And Paul, if I have time, one more thing I I want to encourage people with. That scripture that we read for many, many years talks about he'll come like a thief in the night. I want to encourage our listeners and watchers today that that's not a rapture scripture. That is the Spirit of God coming into your darkness in a time of slumber and sleeping spiritually. He's coming into those places when you're not even aware, and he's doing what a thief does. He's removing what doesn't belong to him. Wow. Listen to that closely. He's removing while you're asleep in the dark places. He's removing what doesn't belong to him. Now, that is so incredibly graceful because he's removing those things so that when you awaken the next morning, you're living from a new awareness that you can't take credit for because you don't know how you got it. And that is a powerful act of grace and compassion by the Father. Because people ask me all the time, well, Stan, how do I get into this place? How do I, how, you, you don't accomplish this? Put it on a prayer list and pray it into being. You pretty much stumble or fall your way into it. One of the two. And then you awaken in the morning sometimes. Remember when Jesus said, you know, how's the kingdom work? He said, well, you plant a seed, you go to bed, and you wake up the next morning, and there's a harvest. You don't even know how I got there. That's exactly how it works. There's been seeds planted in you that you're not even aware of, and those come up in the morning, and you didn't even know you were carrying them sometimes. And so just be gentle and patient with yourself, because there's things going on that you don't see the Spirit is doing. He's removing what doesn't belong to Him, and you're living from a place for awareness that, number one, you can't take credit for it. That's a big deal. You can't take credit for it, and you can't explain it because you don't know how you got it. That is a great transformational place to be, Paul. Wow. You've made my day a couple of times already, and, and we're not done yet. <laughs> That's, boy, what a, what a great analogy. The thief comes at night in the dark and steals what doesn't belong to him, removes what doesn't belong to him. Guys, it's great. Yeah. Again, knowing that takes all the pressure off. I grew up in such a pressurized situation that taught that God's always watching me and I had to, oh man, not a good way to live. <laughs> exactly. Well, Paul, I think you read my post a couple of days ago when I talked about the things that are covered would be revealed and nothing hidden would remain hidden. And of course, I grew up believing that that was God, you know, just exposing you in front of the world. Yeah. That's what I thought. But it's not that. It's part of this of what we're talking about right now. The things that are hidden, they're coming to revelation, not to the public. They're coming into revelation to you. You're starting to see what was hidden. The Spirit is hidden 
for you, not from you. So you're starting to discover those hidden things that you didn't even know were there. And he's, he's exposing within you things, uh, not about you, but within you. And that's a work of just between you and the spirit as he's doing those things. And once you see those things for what they are, they empower you to live from them and no longer to live for them. That's really good. Hmm. So I don't want to make a formula out of this or tell somebody how to do this. Have you always heard from God? Have you always had a sense of God revealing things to you? Did that happen overnight, gradually? Did some people help you with that? How did it happen? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is yes. All the above. As I said earlier, so many of the things I just woke up seeing different than I went to bed seeing. I mean, I really did. You know, other things... There's a Hindu saying that whenever the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And there have been times when I didn't know I was ready, but suddenly a teacher appeared that I didn't know was a teacher until they had already deposited something in me that I couldn't stop pondering. And those things just led me, you know, one step after another. And so it's truly all of those things, Paul. I mean, some of it is just divine revelation. Some of it is I will hear one thing. I've actually taken one thing and just thought about, pondered that one thing for three or four months before and nothing else, because I knew that there was, there was so much in that for me that I didn't want to just memorize it or acknowledge it and go away. I didn't want to label it and therefore confine it to a previous awareness when a new awareness was trying to be revealed in me and then through me. So like I said earlier, uh, and, and even in the last podcast is, you know, learn to be patient with yourself. We've made this way too hard. It's not hard. You know, Paul said, uh, I think it was the Philippians, maybe the Colossians, Paul, but he said, you know, I'm afraid lest as Eve was deceived, that you too would be deceived and led astray from the pure and simple devotion to Christ. How was Eve deceived? She tried to become what she already was. And that's what we call the original sin, but it's really, it's really just the original illusion. Yeah. It is when we disagree with God about us being very good, and we take on someone else's perception of us. That's the serpent. Someone else's perception of us that says that God kept something from us, or we're incomplete, and we try to become what we already are. That is the core of immature religion throughout the entire earth. So if you can just be patient with yourself and understand that you're made in his likeness and image, nothing's ever changed that, nothing. You can't change it. It's there. It's in the blood, so to speak. So just rest and trust and enjoy life and enjoy people. Enjoy God. This is not a mission. It's not something you're going to accomplish. It is a journey you make. And in that journey, all sorts of things will happen. I mean, Peter stood up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, in my old days, if I had said that, I'd have had a church. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, started the next week. It had been incorporated. I I would have had a new ministry with that declaration because Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't show you that, but the Spirit did. Well, I would have been a prophet, a self-appointed prophet, immediately had I heard that. (laughs) And Peter kind of thought he was too. 
I can relate. Journey, <laughs> me too. But, but Peter's journey revealed the heart of the Father that he never knew. Yeah. And he had to fail his way into that awareness. And I pretty much think most all of us have to. So just be patient with yourself and enjoy the journey and experience the experiences and quit trying to define reality by your perception of God. Let reality define God to you as you live your life. Well, those are wonderful words, Stan. You, you've really ministered to me this afternoon, and I, I know that uh, when people hear this and see this, it will minister to them too. Uh, uh, gosh, thank you for being so faithful for these years of, of writing uh, every morning and uh, putting reflections of your journey and down so that people all over the world can read them. And thank you for taking the time to do that with me and with our listeners today. I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for what you're doing. And and uh, thanks for letting me just be a part of it today. Well, thank you. And thanks to all of you who were listening and watching today for another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.